Well, this is a uh, this is a difficult day and a challenging day and um, uh, a, a tough day for myself. But I am uh, stepping down as as manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, it's not an easy decision. In a lot of ways, uh, I'm old school, and uh, and I'm very very much uh, dissatisfied with the record and and not pleased at all with that. And I think that goes hand in hand with uh, with being a manager. So it's been a, a difficult thing to swallow, but um, I have thought about it for some time, and we've come to this day. And hello, welcome to Phillies Talk Podcast. Uh, on the way into the show here, we heard Ryan Sandberg resigning from the Phillies as manager. Uh, doesn't happen too often. My name is Rich Baxter, and I'm joined here by... Hi, I'm Jim, and uh, Rich, you're right. <laughs> it doesn't happen too often. The last Phillies manager who resigned during the season was Eddie Sawyer back in 1960, and uh, when the Phillies were worse than they are now. But, uh, Rich, I think that we were all surprised, but we had always talked about either him or Ruben Amaro had a go. I, I, I'm kind of, you know, was, I, I like Ryan Sandberg, as, you know, uh, as a baseball person. I like the man. They say he's a very, very nice man, but something people were saying he just wasn't cut out to be a manager. He was an introvert. He's an introvert, and you know, he's he, he can't get he won't get in their face. And I, the way that some of the players talk, they they walked all over him. Well, that's. I guess you'd have to be there to actually know for sure. But, yeah, as you said, Jimmy, uh, Sandberg cited the losing Phillies. Uh, He didn't like to lose, he said. And, of course, nobody likes to lose. Um, Not too sure he should have quit from the Phillies if he expects to uh, get another manager's job. But, uh, yeah, it was certainly a surprise. It caught everybody by surprise uh, as we had talked uh, most of the season, we were very disappointed with uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. Uh, just in the last week, there's been a revelation that there might be a new team president announced, uh, and obviously Ryan Sandberg used that in his decision to resign. I wonder how true it is, though, Jim. I think it's true, Rich. Um, and I think that um, my my gut says they'll be walking on eggshells. So also, I think after the All-Star break, you're going to see it. And I think everybody's going to be walking on eggshells. And you're going to see, if they make any moves, you're going to see Ruben Amaro might actually use his head and make a small move. Um, you know, it's it's he made he has made some dumb moves. He, he you know he signs these guys, um, and I'm not bad mouthing uh, Billingsley, but he's hurt. Okay, he got come back. He looked pretty good. Uh, this Kevin Correa, I mean, no, I, everybody I've ever talked to I've never heard of him. You know. Um, Aaron Harang, his new nickname is Batting Practice. He's lost seven games in a row. He's a whopping four and ten. I mean, oh my! He's on pace to beat AJ Burnett's record last year. And uh, I just don't know what's going on with 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 these guys. You know, uh, they bring up a young man. Uh, I don't know his first name. Last name Morgan, left-hander, and he he did very well. He he broke the streak of you know losing pitchers uh, for starters. You know, not winning. But, Rich, you know the Phillies have had 11 different starting pitchers this year? Yeah, and that that didn't seem like enough for the Phillies, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've had it rough. They've had a few injuries as well, as we talked about before the show. Uh, Jimmy, you had asked about Sean O'Sullivan. 
He's got some left knee tendonitis, or he had some in May. Um, currently, Jerome Williams is uh, left hamstring strain. He's still out no, no from the uh, no from the middle of May. Uh, so the Phillies have had their and share of uh, injuries. Don't forget Chase Utley's on the DL, too. Yeah, and as you said uh, before we started the show, Cliff Lee. Imagine a Phillies team with Cliff Lee on it. Uh, maybe they'd have seven or eight more wins yeah. on the year this year. It's just uh, like today, you and I were talking, and uh, they have a double header today, 130 and 530, because uh, I don't know the people we're listening to, but some people don't know. Uh, we're in southern New Jersey by Atlantic City, and we had a, a horrific rainstorm yesterday, and the Phillies got, what, an inning and a half, and, then they, and they, they're going to have a day-night today at 130 and 530, and, you know, we were talking about the tickets. How about the poor Mets fans? Their 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 game was suspended. They're going to finish the game and then go to another game. And the, the people had tickets for yesterday's game. I don't know, but from what I understand, they have to clear out and then come back in. I don't know. I don't think that's good business, Rich. Yeah, well, uh, we saw it for many years with the Phillies. Uh, yeah. A game like last night, they would try to make up with a day-night doubleheader, which is not really a doubleheader. It's two separate games played on the same day, but yeah, as you said, Jimmy, this game going to be made up with the old-fashioned doubleheader. You get two I games know. for one price. That's, that's amazing. And we talked before the show, Rich, and you and I, I would be, we would both be happy with a split, you know, against the Nets. Yeah. Um, I think if if the Phillies win a doubleheader, uh, you know, who knows what would happen. Uh, I think the CSI investigators would be up there, but uh, <laughs> no, but. Uh, I think they're playing a little bit. They're playing a little better right now. They they won two out of three from the Keys. They look really good, not uh, hitting wise. Then they went back to their old self, lost in the two. But some surprises, Rich. Of course, Mister Franco is unbelievable. But how about Ben Revere hitting a home run? Yes, uh, Friday night. Yeah, and I'm back on my not liking Ben Revere stick here. Uh oh. Um, what, yep. What happened? Well. Most of the Phillies were philosophical after they heard the news that Ryan Sandberg has resigned. Uh, namely, Ryan Howard. You know, he offered uh, some good words of advice, and yeah. you know, he's just a first baseman. Uh, he's trying to do his part, even though you know he's declined over the years. But Revere was the only one really that had comments about it, and some of the comments weren't very supportive towards Sandberg. He, he sort of said maybe he wasn't cut out to be a manager, you know, here's a Hall of Fame player that he's talking about. I know. Ben Revere, Johnny Come Lately, he's played here for a few years and yeah. and started out in Minnesota, but you're talking about a Hall of Famer yeah, there. Oh, I don't think second base, one of the best second basemen ever lived, yeah. Yeah, so you're not really uh making any brownie points by uh by dissing somebody that's been through all that Sandberg's done. Especially when it's been the team that has let everyone down really i mean when a manager quits to me it tells me that his players or his employees if you're at a business didn't do the job right. couldn't get the job done who um, who do you blame this season on rich the biggest well one. i don't know if you can i don't know if you can blame the whole season on any one specific person or part of the team it, it just seems to be all of it um there weren't moves made a couple years ago to ensure the team got younger. There was plenty of talk about it. Um, J- 
Chase Utley was a little younger. Ryan Howard was a little younger a few years ago. But nothing was ever done about it. They never tried to move them. I think uh, Amaro held on to the core group a little bit too long, and he couldn't get any good exchanged right. players or draft picks. He was, um, and I, I don't blame him totally. I think David Montgomery, they were, uh, with the 2008 team and the 2009 team, they were so infatuated with it that, you know, they didn't want to break it up. And I yeah. think and you could start, I, I started seeing some chinks in the armor on the 2010 season, which they won 100 games, and uh, they went out in the playoffs, you know, uh, early. And, uh, you know, you started some chinks in the armor. Then they trade Hunter Pence, you know, one of the dumbest trades ever. Shane Victorino, I don't, eh, you know, we could have lived with that. And then Ryan Howard gets hurt in the playoffs and is pretty much useless, you know, the next two years. In fact, I still think that when he bats, if you watch the way he bats, uh, I still think he favors that that, that Achilles. Uh, and he, he has a bad habit of going for low outside pitches. I mean, he looks like a golfer out there, you know, a golfer. And it's just terrible. I mean, there's pitchers out there that young kids that are, you know, he's made them look like Don Drysdale for crying out loud. I mean, he goes after some terrible pitchers. And I, you know, I just don't think Ryan's got it anymore. And he should go to the Phillies try to get rid of him as an AL, as an American League DL, uh, DH. He's the only, that's the only thing he could do, really. Yeah, and then he probably will end up on the DL <laughs> yeah. kind of quickly. Yeah. No, but, uh, but uh, he, you know, I don't know. Here's a guy that, that in two years hit, what, 102 home runs, and now he's only got 338. So, you know, it's going way down. You know, we all thought he was going to hit five, 600 home runs. Um, yeah, he's just not getting it done, Rich. Uh, you know, and they got that shift on for him. Why doesn't he just stick his bat out and poke the ball over the third baseman's head? They would stop that shift, you know? I mean, how many outs yeah. has he made this year with that shift? And I love Carlos Ruiz, but Carlos Ruiz's new nickname is Double Play. Uh, now, you know, he, to get back to, uh, to Sandberg and all, uh, as far as uh, naming a a new manager officially, things like that. Uh, the press asked Philly's president, current president as of this podcast, Pat Gillick, uh, who would be making the decision on this um, in the coming days as far as who would be replacing them. Uh, and his quote was, I can't really comment on that after a few seconds of thinking about it. And that sent a lot of signals out to the press that, Maybe there's a power struggle at the top with Philly's ownership. There's been many articles uh, saying that uh, one of the owners, John Middleton, who sold his family's cigar fortune to uh, a tobacco company for $2.9 billion a few years ago, is trying to uh, gain control of this team. He currently does not have authority to make the decisions of the team. It still rests in a um, a group ownership format, but uh, it was very interesting that uh, Pat Gillick could not answer that basic question of who is going to make this decision. Right. Well, wasn't David Montgomery the owner? Well, there there was a group of owners. Wow. Uh, he was one of them. Wow. Um, several families own the Phillies. Wow. Uh, the Buck family, the Middletons. Wow. Uh, it was a group ownership type of thing, but now this John Middleton, who's a billionaire, is trying to jump out in front 
of the rest of the owners and uh, gain some sort of uh, authority does he, uh, over the does team. Does he know anything about baseball? That's the thing. <laughs> well, he's he's somewhat baseball knowledgeable. He's owned portion of the Phillies for no, many years now. now. But how how does this sound to you? They let McCannum finish out the year, and they, and I, I'll tell you who I think could be the next Phillies manager. You might laugh at this. How about Ron Renicky? Ron Renicky used to play for the Phillies. Yeah, there's been a lot of names uh, offered up already. But I, don't, I don't think I, Larry Bowe wants it. I think they would have had a mutiny if Larry Bowe got it this year. Because, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I just think they they need somebody that. Well, Ryan Howard said that that Sandberg, you know, never bothered anybody. If you couldn't play for Ryan, you couldn't play for anybody. But they said that about Charlie Manuel too. But I now that Ryan Sandberg's gone, we. We used to always get on Charlie Manuel. Who is the better manager? <laughs> well, you can't argue against Charlie Manuel being perhaps one of the greatest Phillies managers of all times. He has the most amount of wins of any Phillies manager, mm. uh, and he has, certainly has one of the longest runs recently of any yeah. Phillies manager as well, Jim. So I, I guess you can't really compare Charlie Manuel with the legacy of Ryan Sandberg as manager of the Phillies. They had two vastly different teams, um, and they're two different manager styles, Uh so to speak. But, uh, yeah, that would be an easy one. You'd have to uh, vote for Charlie Manuel on that. But, But, uh, you know, the club was in a free fall then when Manuel was let go, and it it never stopped. And really, how much had the club changed? Not much, yeah, they... And they haven't, if you know the Hulk, they haven't signed, you know, they all went, went before, they always would sign a big-name player, a Cliff Lee, a Roy Halladay, a Hunter Pence. They would go after these guys, Shane Victorino. Who have they signed lately? You know, Jeff Francoeur, uh, Kevin Correa, come me a break. You know, Chad Billingsley, come me a break. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, they give, they gave... Uh, seven million or whatever they give, uh, you know, they give these guys. Uh, AJ Burnett last year gave him a lot of money. He was eight and eighteen. Turns around, goes back to Pittsburgh, and look what he's doing. Uh, something wrong somewhere, Rich. Yeah, and you kind of get that feeling when Pat Gillick answers a question and he doesn't have an answer for the press as far as who's above him making the decisions of the club. You you probably have some sort of a, a scrap fight up above with the Phillies' ownership as it is right now with uh, the consortium type of uh, ownership they have. Several members of the Buck family have passed away in the past couple years. Every year the Phillies have a a new uh, uh, patch on their road jersey honoring somebody. The ownership is getting older. Um, And it's just a shame that, you know, the, the... Organization doesn't seem to have any direction at this point. Right. right. Um, it doesn't. In years past, as you said, Jim, the the Phillies went out and got players. Uh, Ruben Amaro spent over eight hundred million dollars in five years on salaries, which is, if you used to follow the Phillies uh, in the eighties and the nineties, they never spent all that money probably combined in probably 20 years if you added up all the salaries. <laughs> uh-huh. But he gives guys, you know, okay, they won the World Series in 08. He gives Ryan Howard a gazillion dollars. He gives Carlos Ruiz all this money. He gives Cliff Lee all this money. He can't pitch. Uh, all right, Cole Hamels, 
to me, I'll tell you something. Cole Hamels, the ace, Cole Hamels is a disappointment. Richie's five and six. What up with it? He has never really, I think, reached his potential. He did in the World Series. But the guy's supposed to should win twenty games a year. He wins nine and ten a year. What's up with that? Yeah, well, the Phillies offense could probably tell you that they really haven't supported him all that well over the years. Uh, but yet he's hanging in, although now recently in the last couple of days uh, he has said that he had has had no offers from any other team that he's turned down uh, through management. They haven't approached him as far as being traded. So it's status quo for him right now, uh, unless the uh, Phillies can make a deal for him, meaning uh, Ruben Amaro or Pat Gillick. Uh, maybe their hands are tied. Uh, well, they just don't know. Uh, I know I know. John Cluck said on Sunday Night Baseball last week that if the Phillies do trade him, they're not going to get any named players. They're going to get prospects because nobody is going to give up a named player on July 31st and, you know, so he can play the rest of the year in Philadelphia. They're going to get prospects. And he says the Phillies are going to have to just, you know, have to, you know, like it. And Kurt Schilling said that what the Phillies need to do now, right now, not, not wait till the end of the year, start straightening this, you know, turn the ship around now. He said, if you don't, if they don't, it's going to be a long, long, long process. So. Yeah, and that that's what we've seen so long, kind of a long process. Yeah. Uh, with yesterday's uh, rain out, uh, the Nationals were actually a little upset because the news that they got from the Phillies was that this game was going to get underway. So uh, manager Matt Williams, after the game, was asked about it. And, of course, the Phillies and the Nationals both burned up their pitchers for, for that start. And they had no choice, really. Uh, generally, major league teams do not postpone a game before it starts raining uh, bad enough unless the storm is really forecasted in advance. And the word from the Phillies was that they should be able to get that game underway, Jim. But as we saw, it was a washout. Right. And why, Why? you know, uh, they're playing a doubleheader. I don't, and I don't, I don't blame Matt Williams. Why not just, they're off, the Phillies have an off day, and, and, and you know, the next time they play the Nationals in September, they have an off day between that and their next game. Why not play it then? You know, why, why play a doubleheader? You use up all your, you know, you got Milwaukee coming in for four games, and even though the Brewers aren't very good this year, they they always give the Phillies fits in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They come in and they, you know, I think they've won nine out of the last 13 games in Philly, so, and you know they should they could have done that, and uh, you know all oh, the guys need a day off. They don't need a day off. They're professional. Just you know uh, this day night thing. I mean it's great for the fans, but not too good for the players. Yeah, well at least the fans are getting the two games for the one price. Um, we'll have to see, but uh, we're going to take a little break in the podcast now for a couple words uh, from Baseball Talk Radio. Some great shows there. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk more about uh, how the Phillies have done against the National League East and what we see for the future right after this break. Hi, this is Gary Mack from Mets Musings, and you're listening to BaseballPodcast.net. You can hear my show and all the other baseball podcasts at BaseballPodcast.net, the home of great baseball talk shows. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to Fighting Phillies Talk Podcast. Are you a fan of the NBA and Major League Baseball? 
Would you like a sports show dedicated primarily to just that? Plus, we throw in a little fantasy baseball and basketball just for good measure. Featuring credentialed sports journalists, the guys who sit on press row, we bring you the stories that you want to hear. To check us out, please visit us at philnasons.com or on Twitter at FlashTennis31. Hi, this is Paul. And this is Eric from the Talk to Contact podcast, a Minnesota Twins baseball podcast. You're listening to the best of baseball podcasts on baseballpodcast.net. And, Jimmy, we're back live here talking Phillies baseball and Phillies Talk podcast, one of the longest-running podcasts on Phillies. Uh, I think we're probably the longest Phillies Talk podcast uh, independent show going. Yeah, I think we are, Rich. Uh, yeah, most of the most of the times, uh, these, these things are even when the bat, you know, the team's going bad, they've been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just... It, 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 the interesting thing about it is, you know, it, it's you got so many highs and so many lows, and we try to be we try to be objective, but oof, it's hard sometimes. But yeah, we've we've been doing this for since two thousand six or seven, and uh, yeah, two thousand six, six, yeah, I believe the end of oh six, and yeah. uh, I remember very vividly during the oh seven season, and you know, we had my probably my fondest memory other than the series win is. We had written the Phillies off, and we had talked and said, well, you know, second place, Mets are going to win it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, the Mets collapsed. The, the Phillies got red hot, and, you know, Jimmy Rollins had said they would win it, and uh, I couldn't believe it, you know. And that, that yeah. is a, a, one of the be- best things, you know, that now. And they were 100-win season. But, you know, being a Phillies fan, you, you've got to be, uh, I don't know, Rich, it's, it's, it's hard in some respects because they – there's so many. They've lost games so many ways. They've done so many stupid things in management over the years. They made some of the worst trades in history. Ryan Sandberg. They traded him to the Cubs for a player to be named later, uh, and they yeah. got a. Uh, I forget who they got, but they got somebody that, you know, wasn't very good. And look what Ryan Sandberg did. So they traded another right-handed pitcher they had, Ferguson Jenkins, to the Cubs. They said uh, Gene Mock said he would never make it. Look what he did. So he's in the Hall of Fame. So they've made some monumental dumb trades, you know. Yeah, they've also made some good ones over the years, Steve of course. Carlton was probably the best trade they ever made for Rick Wise, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and Gary Maddox, they got him for a guy named Gene Garber. And Garber was a good relief pitcher. And a lot of people criticized it, but, boy, that turned that franchise around. That Those two moves, uh, I think, turned the Phillies around you know, during the mid-70s. and uh, But, uh, Rich, you know, we talk about Sanborn and everything. Phillies have had some managers at who? You know, Nick yeah. Leva, uh, <laughs> yeah. John Felsky. Uh, you know, cut me a break, will you? Jeez. But uh, yeah. their problem, I think, this year right now, they can't beat the National League East, Rich. They're, tw- they're 10 and 21 against the National League East. Uh, they're they're not bad. They're four and what four and seven or four and eight against the Nats. Okay, that's nothing. But they're one and eight against the Mets. Zero oh and six in New York. Uh, it's just ridiculous how bad they are against the Mets. And uh, yeah. last year they were six and thirteen against the Mets. And the year before that they were six or uh, seven and twelve. What in the world is going on? Yeah, and of course their road record is 
uh, I believe the worst in Major League Baseball right now. They're nine and twenty-nine on the road. So right. yeah, it's 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 a season that's if you're concerned about winning, you'll be very upset uh, with the Phillies. Uh, they're fourteen and actually, let's see here, seventeen and twenty at home. That's not too bad. That's respectable. But you know, the National League East has had its own problems. It seems like they're trying to. Uh, straighten themselves out here. The Nationals have reeled off seven straight victories. They're eight and two in their last ten. So oh, really? wow. they've put a little distance between themselves and the Mets now with this winning streak. Uh-huh. Uh, they're three and a half games as we're doing the show uh, over the Mets here. Uh, the Mets have sunk down to uh, just over 500 yeah, well, and 38 they, wins and 37 they lost, losses. They had lost seven straight. So yeah, and. Uh, but the Phillies, Phillies' main problem, Jimmy, has been not scoring runs. They have a 125-run uh, differential between the games that they've played this year so far, yeah. and that's the worst in Major League history, or not history, but yeah. <laughs> so far in this year. Well, do you know uh, when they went when they won those three games in a row? When they beat St. Louis and then won the two games in New York, they scored more runs in those three games. Then they scored the entire nine-game losing streak. They, the Phillies, if you well, I missed the St. Louis game, but the two games in the Yankee Stadium. I'm thinking, like, is this the same team? You know, I thought it was 2008 yeah. revisited, and uh, Miguel Franco was just unbelievable. But and then and that's the strange thing how Sandberg decided to quit uh, upon that New York road trip because, as you said, Jim, the the Phillies seemed like a different team when they were playing the Yankees. Right, they lost. The, well, they lost Wednesday ten to two. They went back to their old self. But like even against the Nationals on Friday night, they played Mister Scherzer, and even though he pitched a perfect game, for, the Phillies lost five two. But it wasn't that bad, Rich. I mean, they were in the game until the last inning. Um, they were playing a little bit better ball, and then why? Maybe Sandberg knew something that nobody else knew. You know. Yeah, or he was reading the papers and the uh, commentary going around Philadelphia that there's an impending new team president to be added. But, you know, how many times have we heard stuff like that in the past from the press? They were wrong. And if Ryan based all his uh, decisions upon what they announced in the press, you could want to jump off the Walt Whitman Bridge. I know. But the thing is, during the press conference, they said there's going to be new ownership within a month or so. So... Well, I don't know about ownership, but maybe maybe a new team president. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. And for now, it's uh, the end of June. We're getting closer and closer to one of my favorite parts of the season, Jim, and that's the Midsummer Classic. This year, it's in Cincinnati. That's it. And uh, who's going to represent the Philadelphia Phillies? Well, you've got uh, you got two players that could probably go. Believe it or not, uh, Franco, Franco could end up Franco there. Franco and Hamels, right? And Hamels, yeah. I would, I would have to say those would, those would be your two uh, top picks. You're not going to send your favorite. You don't think your buddy uh, Ben Revere is going to go, huh? <laughs> right, I'm back. I, I had endeared myself to Revere for a while again, and uh, I just, with the comments that he made. Of course, he's a younger guy as well, so yeah. he's going to comment and tell you what he thinks from his heart rather than. Right. Uh, stuff it into yeah, a. Yeah. Jeff Francoeur didn't say anything bad. What do you think of him, Rich? Uh, now that we've had him for three months, what do you think of Jeff Francoeur? 
He's a good player. He's in the twilight of his career. Right, I don't right. think he's going to catch on with any other teams. You think? Um, you think if um, will they keep him? Do you think if uh, if they keep him this year, do you think they'll re-sign him next year? I don't think so. The Phillies have uh, used him kind of sparingly um, in only 57 games so far this year. And believe it or not, with three teams in uh, 2013, uh, he was used sparingly as well. He only ended up playing 81 games. What did he play uh, for? For some reason, he played for the Royals, the Giants, and the pot are the Royals and the Giants in 2013. Wow! For 81 games, and then 2014, he was with uh, the Padres for 10 games only. So That's I kind of think. Yeah, I think Frenchie will uh, disappear after uh, yeah. after his tenure with the Phillies here. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I think you're going to, you know, they have to, um, you know, thanks for the memories, but they got to get rid of a lot of guys. I think, I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think they're going to uh, give Chase Utley his option. I don't think they're going to, um, you know, I think he'll be gone. I think Ruiz will be gone. Um, and if they have their druthers, they'll get rid of Ryan Howard be gone, but I don't. Nobody wants Ryan Howard because of his salary. But uh, you're going to see some new play, a lot of new. I, I'll tell you, somebody else is going to go. I think Darren Ruff is going. I think they're going to put him and Dominic Brown and Ben Revere on a package deal. Well, after Dominic Brown's performance the other night, the first game without Ryan Sandberg, uh, Brown single-handedly almost lost them the game. He dropped a fly ball out in right field that was in his glove. Yep. He ran through a stop sign at third and got <laughs> caught between home and third on the last out of of a Phillies rally in the bottom of the ninth. And it just plays like that that probably urged Ryan Sandberg to make his decision. Know. You know what happened to fundamentals? Yeah, I feel I kind of feel bad for the guy. Uh, a lot of the guys that knew him said that he was he's a very nice guy, but he's just too you know he's not managerial material and. Uh, one guy on 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 Comcast said that if Larry Boa had taken over, there might have been a re- player revolt. So, <laughs> oh well, well, oh well, that's what they need, you know. But uh, yeah. it's just uh, you know, there's no, there. I don't see except for Franco, and he is a good player. Uh, the Phillies have a real great, you know, unless they make a stupid trade like they did for Hunter Pence, they'll be there for a while. But um, you know. They don't have anything else. There's no more Pat. There's no Pat Burles or Cole Hamels and you know lurking around. And uh, there was a guy that pitched for the Lakewood team last year, Al Leiter Jr. Is he still in the Phillies system, Rich? They were raving about him last year. Al Leiter Jr. Well, where you know his dad was. Uh, remember, we went to the game in Lakewood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's with Reading or what. Where he is? That's the thing, you know. But they were raving about him, and then uh, now there's nothing. And uh, you know, you you wonder what happened. So, and uh, you know, they've they've got a couple pitchers that are pretty good, but they need hitting, Rich. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes on the latest Phillies news for you. We'll see if uh, anything turns around with this uh, departure of Ryan Sandberg. Kind of a sad day in Philadelphia. I don't. Think we've uh, what did you, seen the players so sad as they were uh, on that night, the first Sandberg, night Rich? without Ryan Sandberg. What did you think? Uh, of, my, what did you think of Ryan Sandberg? My thoughts about Sandberg was he 
knows the game. He's played the game for many years uh, to a good level. He's gotten to the Hall of Fame, so he probably did something right his career. And even though the manager cannot go out there and win games for you, you've got to play better on the field, whether or not you're older, younger, or whatever you are. Uh, My thoughts about Sandberg was he didn't do too much to influence the game. Right. uh, As some other managers have, like intentionally walk people, things like that. He let the players go out on the field and play the game for the most part. Um, You know, but I guess in the end, he could only stand so much um, with this team, and he had to bail out. He just couldn't deal with it anymore. And something needed to happen in Philadelphia, and he even said that, you know, if it's not him going forward, this will hasten the decision for something to change. So. Well, we'll if, see. If that. ownership wasn't going to do it, I guess he ended up doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't just like what I never, you know, I always thought the guy. I thought he was a class guy. I just think that he was a manager, you know. And these guys see the thing. Ryan Sandberg, you know, that, like you said, but Larry Bowe, they Larry Bowe was a good manager in, in one respect. These guys knew if, uh, they they. I don't think they hustled. Uh, Larry Bowe wouldn't put up with anything. He'd get in their face right in the dugout and. uh a lot of guys didn't like that, so but but they, but Larry Bowen never had a losing season either, so you know. Well, Rich, we'll we'll wrap this up, and uh, we got a lot of games this week, buddy. We got we got a doubleheader today. We got four with the Brewers, and uh, you know, and then we got three. Uh, then we start the big road trip before the All Star game in Atlanta, at four in L.A. and three in San Fran. So, but next uh, our next show we should have the uh, the National Series done, and maybe the Brewers. And uh, we can play through the All-Star game. That's for sure. It'll be a fun time coming up here on the podcast. Everybody uh, enjoy their 4th of July holiday. I'm not sure if we'll get one uh, in before then. So, um, Jimmy, you enjoy your uh, 4th of July, the nation's birthday again, and uh, have a great week. You too, buddy. And maybe maybe we can have a 5-3 and three week. Would you take that? Sure. 5-3 <laughs> and three week would be like, whoa. All right, Rich, I'll talk to you next week. All right, Jimmy, take care.